Legends, Folklore, and History of New England. A podcast for kids, by kids. Hello and happy almost Halloween. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Molly, and with my sister, Bridget, we are super psyched for this episode. We are getting excited to go trick-or-treating. We hope that your town is still having trick-or-treating. We know it is a little weird with COVID right now, but grown-ups, if you are listening, please, please, please don't ignore the trick-or-treaters. Even if you don't want to open your door, which I totally get, maybe you can just put candy out. Kids need this, because in case you didn't notice, COVID-19 makes everything yucky for us, too, and we've missed out on a bunch of stuff. Halloween is something so we, that we look forward to. So please, try to make it fun. Don't be a Halloween Grinch. Okay, that's my PSA. To get you in the Halloween spirit, we are going to be talking about a town that is probably in the most Halloween-y place you can get. That's right. Salem, Massachusetts has a long history of ghosts and witches. Our family went up over the long weekend. Mom always swore she would never go to Salem in October because it's always so crowded, but we got her up there. Today's episode will take us back in time to Salem Village of 1692. And although Salem is now the site of all the museums, shops, and tourist places, it was a site of almost unbelievable tales from the 17th century. Salem Village was actually a larger area than the town of Salem is today, and much of the original village is located in now called Danvers, a town next to Salem. But even so, Salem is the epicenter of today's history lesson, so sit back, relax, and listen to the story. One freezing day in January of 1692, as a terrible snowstorm raged outside, Betty Paris, age 9, and her cousin Abigail Williams, age 11, began to act really strange. They would twitch and twist their bodies into strange shapes, speaking words that made no sense and groan animal noises. Reverend Paris, Betty's father, sent for the doctor to examine them. The doctor determined the girls had been cursed by a witch. Salem Village of the 1600s to 1700s was a small New England town on the bay, founded by the Puritans who had, st- who had a strong belief in the devil and a strict religious code. Puritans were expected to act and think a certain way, and anyone who was different was thought to be under the devil's spell or even a witch. The girls blamed their condition on witchcraft, they said that three women in the village had cast spells on them. Tichuba, who was a Native American enslaved by the Paris family, had told them stories of witchcraft and probably gave them the idea. Sarah Good, a local beggar and homeless person, and Sarah Osborne, a, an old lady who rarely came to church. Remember, anyone who doesn't follow the norms of Puritan life are easy targets for witchcraft. The three women were thrown in jail for practicing witchcraft. During the trial, Tichuba confessed to have seen the devil and also stated that there was a coven or group of witches in Salem Village area. Good and Osborne insisted they were innocent. During the trial, the girls began to scream and twist their bodies, yelling out like before. Back in 1692, 
This was called a spectral evidence. This was all the evidence the judge needed and found all three women guilty of practicing witchcraft. The punishment was hanging. As the weeks passed, the bewitching curse seemed to spread as other girls claimed to have been infected by witchcraft too. They accused other townspeople of torturing them and a few of the so-called witches on trial even named others as witches. Women were not the only people accused of being witches. Men and children were accused too. By the end of the trials in 1693, 24 people had died, some in jail but most by hanging. One accused man, Giles Corey, refused to admit guilt. His punishment was to be crushed by stones until dead or admit he was a witch. No matter how much weight they added to his chest, he refused to admit he was a witch. He kept asking for more weight. Legend has it that his last words put a curse on the town and the sheriffs. For 300 years, sheriffs in Salem had have died from tragic and untimely circumstances. In 1991, they finally moved the sheriff's office from Salem to nearby Middleton, and since then, not a single sheriff has died in office. Giles Corey's ghost is believed to still haunt the area which he died, and local legends say if you see his ghost there, will be a great fire. In 1914, several townspeople saw Giles' ghost before the Great Salem Fire broke out, destroying large parts of the town. Back in 1692, as the hysteria spread among the community and well-respected members were accused of witchcraft, the courts finally decided not to hear any more charges of witchcraft with the last trials occurring in 1693. The victims of the trials were finally pardoned in 1711, 18 years after the hysteria first began. Unfortunately for the 24 who were killed in the hysteria, it was too late. So, that's a lot there. Yeah, there are a few theories as to why the witch hysterias hit Salem. One theory has to do with ergot, which is a fungus that can be found in rye used to make bread. Turns out the weather in 1691-1692 was good breeding ground for this fungus. (laughs) When you eat too much of it, it can make you sick with hallucinations and convulsions. Another theory is that because Puritan life is so restrictive and, well, boring, and being a Puritan girl was very, very boring, that the girls just started the hysteria and were looking for attention. And then they just got way out of control. Over the years, there have been dozens of theories as to what caused the mass hysteria, but we will never really know the true cause. So during our research for this episode, the family took a trip up to Salem and went on the Salem Kids Tour. They have two different tours. One is a daytime tour all about the history of Salem, including the witch trials, and the other is an evening tour that focuses a bit more on the slightly spooky history. We wanted to do both, but because of our crazy schedules, we could only fit in the daytime one. But the daytime one was totally awesome. And because of coronavirus, the tours are only for the group of people you come with. So for us, it was just our family. 
The walking tour is the only tour in Salem made specifically for kids, and Molly and I had the chance to ask a ton of questions. Beware, no bathrooms on this tour because of the restrictions right now. So take care of your business before you go. The tour guide Alicia will also personalize the tour for whoever is on it. So if you are a haunted history fan, it's for you. If you are a Revolutionary War fan, it's for you. Want to know everything about in the Salem Witch Trials? It's for you. So our tour started at First Church in Salem, just outside of the busy downtown area. There are not one, but two ghosts in the church. It is closed now because of the pandemic, but maybe in the future there might be some ghost tour opportunities. Don't worry, they're a friendly ghost. One of them likes to sing with the chorus, and the other likes to run around the basement and shut doors because it's a... Poltergeist! We also learned a lot about the witch trials, obviously, and visited the witch house, which ironically wasn't the home to a witch, but the judge in the trials. Just the outside of the house looks super spooky. At the end of the tour, we actually visited his grave. You can see pictures of both on our website. This tour was packed full of fun history. If you are a Hamilton fan like we are, there's even something for you. There's also a super friendly cat named Superstar on the trip, but we don't want to give it all away. So if you are planning a trip to Salem, we definitely recommend the only tour for kids in Salem. You can check out Salem Kids Tours on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.salemkidstours.com. We will also have a link from our website. Okay, I think that's it. Anything else? Nope, I think that's it. Just as always, if you want to share your own stories with us, you can visit our website at www.lfhne.com or email us at contact at lfhne.com. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter. If you think we are awesome, please follow, like, and review this show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you leave a rating, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And sorry about the scratching in the background. It's our cat trying to get into the room. Until next time, remember, history is fun and sometimes a little spooky. Have Have fun fun and safe Halloween. Halloween!